Hello, and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia. And today, the topic of our podcast is searching for happiness. Are you looking for a little more happiness in your life? Well, it may not be as difficult as you might think. Sometimes it just takes a few tweaks in your mindset to change your level of happiness. So stay tuned. You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. I had an interesting experience the other day when I found myself telling a client what the key to happiness is. At the time I was telling her, I realized that I was not only speaking truth, but it was such a simple truth that we all need to practice on a daily basis. I was thinking, hey, I know the key to happiness. Why am I not talking about this? In the Western world, we become happiness chasers. We chase after the next thing and the next in our pursuit of happiness. When I get this house, then I'll be happy. When I lose 20 pounds, then I will be happy. When I get the relationship I want, then I will be happy. When I have a million dollars, then I will be happy. Well, guess what? You don't need any of this to be happy because the key to happiness is here for you right here, right now, and you don't have to acquire anything that you don't already have in order to achieve it. Now, we've made the mistake of believing that happiness is something we seek outside of ourselves in the next accomplishment or the next purchase. And although these things may bring us temporary moments of happiness, like that new car smell, it is fleeting and not sustainable. How many of us feel deliriously happy when we fall in love? And then once that relationship becomes a true reality and we feel that we have that commitment we've been seeking, the relationship fails to continue to deliver that same high we had in the beginning. The illusion gives way to real life and real life problems. And we learn the hard way that our relationship partner can't make us happy. The truth is, it isn't our relationship partner's job to make us happy. We can't assign our happiness to another person, a job, a possession, or anything outside of ourselves, because happiness is an inside job. And I'll say this again. Happiness is an inside job, and it is based on the feelings we generate from within ourselves. Studies show that some of the poorest people are some of the happiest. It isn't that poverty makes us happy. I've traveled to Costa Rica, which is said to have some of the happiest people in the world. Costa Rica is a developing country, and many of the people lead rather simple lives. Mexico is another place where I've seen a lot of happy families. In fact, here in the U.S., I've noticed that Mexican families spend a lot more time outdoors having picnics in the park and enjoying their families. What I've noticed about happiness is that happy people aren't spending their time focused on what they don't have and what they need to get. 
They appreciate and are grateful for what they have now. And this is the key to happiness. Instead of focusing your attention on all the things you don't have that you want and you believe will bring you happiness, try focusing on what you do have. Learn to count your blessings on a daily basis. Better yet, count your blessings every morning when you wake up and every evening before you go to bed. Look at your life right now exactly as it is and say, I'm grateful for. You may need to start with really basic things like, I have a roof over my head, food on the table, running water, warm clothing. I have two legs and two arms, all my fingers and toes, my eyesight, my hearing, friends, family, children, or whatever else you do have right now that you're grateful for. The key to happiness is not focusing on what you don't have. It's loving, it's learning to love what you do have. The law of attraction studies show that when you are living in gratitude for what is good in your life, you will find that life brings you more good. When you live in constant dissatisfaction for what you don't have, life brings you more of that, more dissatisfaction. Because our mindset is an attractive energy, and so what we focus our attention on is created first on an energetic level and secondly in our reality. Manifesting works like this. We manifest first energetically through the thoughts, visions, and imaginings. So when you work with the law of attraction, you learn to watch your thoughts. Watch what you envision and imagine, because imagination is powerful. The other part of becoming a powerful manifester is to have an attitude of gratitude, which is the part where we give thanks for what we have. There's a beautiful biblical story. It's a parable I'd like to share with you. There was a rich man who gives talents to three of his servants and then sets out on a journey. Upon his return, he assesses the situation and discovers that the servant to whom he had given five talents had invested them fruitfully and that the servant to whom he had given three talents had done the same. But he finds to his chagrin that the slave to whom he had entrusted one talent had simply buried the wealth and had garnered neither gain nor interest. Angered, he orders that the one talent be taken from the timid servant and given to the servant who had invested most boldly. And then comes the devastating moral lesson, for to everyone who has, more will be given." and he will grow rich. But from the one who has not, even when he has, will be taken away. Very interesting story. So the more grateful we are for what we do have, and the more wisely we use what we do have, the more the universe will bless us. But when we're always in a state of lack and always focusing on that lack and always wanting for what we don't have, the more empty we are. I remember telling my client that she wasn't really empty inside. What she perceived to be emptiness is just the hollow places where she failed to acknowledge where life had already blessed her. We tend to get into comparison, comparing what we have to what others have, and this is a sure way to feel our lack. 
Some people seem to have the Midas touch and everything they have turns to gold or everything they touch turns to gold. So when we compare ourselves to the blessings others have, we go into lack consciousness, feeling sorry for ourselves because we don't have what someone else does. When we do this, we have failed to learn the most valuable lessons. Be grateful for what you've been given and don't compare your wealth to that of another's. Remember that sometimes those with the least are the happiest because they're grateful for what they do have. In some third world countries or developing countries, there isn't a mindset of accumulation that we have in the Western world where we're always striving for more. We never believe we have enough. There's always more to gain. And the mindset of always wanting more creates an inner emptiness that comes from feeling not only that we aren't enough, but that we don't have enough. Although some studies show that people with more money have more happiness because they have more choices on how to live their life, there's a point where money no longer makes a difference. And that figure was 75000 a year. Anything over that didn't seem to have much impact on one's happiness. Another study showed that although money might be good for happiness, people who equated money with success were less happy than those who didn't. People who earned more money often worked longer hours and felt more pressed for time. People who are at the end of life because of cancer or old age are sometimes happier people than people who are completely healthy and active. So why is this? Well, what I've found is that when someone knows they're on their last days, they let go of all the pursuits and they realize what is really important. Most of these people realize it's the love in their hearts and their relationships that are the most important. What they've achieved and the money they had in the bank has no value at the end of life. Their peace comes in letting go of all worldly pursuits and focusing on what they really appreciated in their lives, what ended up being at the end of life the most valuable and the most important things in their life. Another thing that happens when people are at the end of life is their spiritual connection often grows much stronger. Now their relationships with God and the divine light within becomes the most important relationship in their life. And I think this group of people who are the most peaceful in their lives at the end of their life finally realize what matters. They realize that love is really the only thing that they can take with them. There are other studies that show that those who focus on giving rather than receiving or getting something from somebody else are much happier. Scientists in Switzerland use brain scans to track activity in brain regions associated with socializing, decision-making, and happiness. They found that even small acts of generosity or just promising to be charitable triggered brain changes that make people happier. We often focus on what we want people to do for us or give us instead of what we can give to others. Now, I'm not suggesting that we be more codependent by giving all of our life force energy to someone who just takes and can't appreciate 
what he or she is being given. But if you're someone that's waiting for that perfect relationship to give you love and to make you feel loved, why not focus instead on how you can be more loving and give more to the people in your life? Whether you're giving time, energy, or money, the act of being generous really does increase happiness. Now, when we addictively and codependently wait for someone outside of ourselves to show us that we're lovable and worthy, we will likely never be satisfied because nobody can really make you happy or make you feel loved and worthy. This is an inside job. You have to work on healing your own core wounds and finding a sense of love and peace within Ironically, we will often feel more inner peace and self-love when we're not only practicing the attitude of gratitude for what we have in our lives already, but when we are generous, kind, and giving to others. I know that I love to cook plant-based meals and host gatherings, so once a month I host plant-based potlucks where I share my healthy creations, and this makes me feel really happy. This is because I'm creating an environment where others come together and share their creations as well. And we are all in gratitude for the bounty in our lives. That bounty includes good food, good fellowship, and spiritual connection. Another thing that makes me happy is walking along the river by my house, fully immersed in nature. I feel peaceful and connected. And I also love to travel. When I didn't have the money for an RV, I traveled in my minivan with a custom-made bed, and I was very happy with this setup. I just bought an overhead truck camper to give me a little more room and options for longer summer trips, but I know the happiness factor is really from feeling free and being on the road and following my, my heart and my inspiration. It's the simple things in life that really do make us more happy. But if we can't take note of the simple things in our life, we'll make life far too complex and get lost in the complexity and get lost in the accumulation and the pursuits of more material possessions. People who have decided to embrace a more minimalistic lifestyle have reported to have far greater happiness than they did when they were fully immersed in the rat race of working long hours, earning a lot of money, and accumulating wealth and possessions. Now, letting go of the majority of their possessions and the need to make so much money just to preserve a lifestyle that they weren't happy with in the first place was very freeing. This is why van life, RV life, and tiny home living is becoming all the rage. People are learning that simple is best. The less they have to pay for and manage, the better. And this might not be true for everyone, but it certainly has been true for many people. One thing people learn when they sell everything they own and move into a van, a camper, or a tiny home is that less is more. They learn how little they can own and how they're actually happier with less. They end up surrounding themselves by the most important things in their life. When I took my summer van trips 
I'd have to put all the clothing and items I'd be using for the summer in my minivan in a couple of bins under the bed. And what I found every time is that I took too much stuff and that stuff just got in the way. I didn't use half of it. So the next time I took less and it was the same story. I didn't use but half. And I didn't tend to miss the stuff that I had back home at all. After I went on my first four-month flying solo van journey over the summer of 2018, I felt almost lost with all the space I had in my house when I came back home. I had two floors, and I had rented out the top floor, which is my main living space, while keeping the bottom floor for myself. I suggested the tenants stay on for a while because I didn't need all that space. I was really beginning to enjoy the simplicity I'd found on the road. I suppose the reason I felt so much happiness traveling is that I felt free. I felt abundant, and life seemed really simple to me. That feeling radiated outward, and I was a magnet for many people who admired the lifestyle I was living and wanted to talk with me to learn more about my life. So I met some great people and sparked many people to buy a van and simplify their own lives. I called my journey flying solo because I was a single woman traveling alone, and many single women I met in my practice were fearful of venturing out by themselves. I wanted to set an example for these women. The biggest example I wanted to set was that you don't have to wait for a relationship partner to live your life and do what you want to do. You can start right now. You can make plans to live the life You really want to live right now. Ironically, I seem to have a lot more conversations with young men than women. Men in their 20s and 30s were very interested in what I was doing. They were examining their own life and finding something very liberating in my lifestyle. One man who was newly divorced asked me about what I was doing. He asked if I was afraid to be out on my own and if I got lonely. And he asked me a lot of questions about this lifestyle. As we talked more, I discovered that he was afraid. This young man, well, he was in his 30s. He was afraid to venture out on his own. He was camping with a group of about 20 men on this annual camping trip that they do, But the idea of going out on his own was terrifying to him. He'd built his life around others and around his ex-wife, and he hadn't really taken the time to learn who he was. We were camped next to each other, and we met each other on the trail to a waterfall in the Mount Shasta area of California. He expressed not only his admiration for me venturing out alone, but how it inspired him and caused him to reflect on his own life. So he was asking some of those really difficult life questions that kind of come after the divorce and when he finds himself alone again and having to examine who he is. When we're really being true to ourselves and living our authentic life, We are an attractive force for others, and we magnetize people into our lives. Sure, I had some bouts of loneliness on the road, but on the most part, I was content and always had rich and stimulating conversations with others. 
Perhaps it is in learning to love what we have, we move closer to knowing who we are and carving out a life for ourselves that is much more authentic to our true nature. We learn to unplug from all the programs of society that tell us that we need to do this and have this in order to be happy or in order to be accepted in society. All of this is untrue. Unplugging from the expectations of society is a much more powerful path to happiness than trying to fit in. Learning who we are and then being who we are is a much more powerful path to happiness than trying to be what we think other people want. People will admire you a lot more when you are unique and living the path less traveled than when you're just another cog in the wheel doing what everybody else is doing. So count your blessings. Every morning when you wake up, say out loud or write in your journal what it is you're grateful for this morning. And every evening before you go to bed, write down or say aloud what you are grateful for this day. When you get into the practice of gratitude, you change your mindset to look for what is a blessing in your life rather than what is a curse or what you don't have that you think you want or need to be happy. You need so much less than you might believe you need to be happy. Happiness is a practice of loving what is and loving what we already have in our lives. Knowing this, there is only one thing we need to change to be happy, and that is our own attitude. I hope that this has been helpful for you. And for more information on my work, please visit my websites, NarcissismFree.com and PathBackToSelf.com. Have a great day, and I'll see you in the next podcast.